I introduced Pastor Mike Pets this morning. Uh, his wife Diane is here and his daughter Rachel is probably sitting with friends. Uh, Pastor Mike has been in the ministry for 28 years, uh, serving in uh, different roles from youth pastor to lead pastor. Uh, he recently was at the Salem MB Church uh, south of Bridgewater, and uh, he's looking uh, as where God is going to lead him and Diane uh, in, the, in the future. So this morning he's here uh, to bring us the word, and let's just have a word of prayer before you start. Father, we just thank you for the time that we could come here already this morning. Uh, just to feel your presence, uh, just to worship as we uh, sing corporately. I just ask that as we uh, now transition into looking into your word, that uh, you just be with uh, Mike, uh, just to allow him to uh, feel your Holy Spirit uh, settle on him, that uh, the words that he speaks uh, will be th uh, from you through him. And as, uh, Father, as we just uh, take time to rest and reflect on your word this morning, I ask that as we leave here that um, we know there will be distractions, that there will be all the problems that we're facing in the world around us. So we'll be right there. And Father, we just thank you that uh, we can uh, also find rest in you and just help us to be mindful of that as we go this week, as we uh, seek those to encounter around us, that uh, we search uh, you and we hear your uh, calling uh, through us to, to reach others around us. Just again, Thank you for Mike and his willingness to come this morning and just ask that uh, you continue to bless his ministry in the future and uh, just allow our time again this morning to be uh, enriched that we can uh, find new uh, meanings and new uh, understanding in your word today. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Good morning to all of you and uh, thank you so much for allowing me the, the privilege to be able to come and, and share with you. And uh, I'm just so glad that I could be here. And I trust that God's word will be encouraging to you as it has been to me. So let me begin uh, by asking you a question. What does the word unprecedented mean to you? So just take a, a, a few seconds here and think in your mind, what does the word unprecedented mean to you? What, what comes to your mind? What, what do you think of when you hear that word unprecedented? According to dictionary.com, unprecedented means without previous instance, never before known or experienced unexampled or unparalleled. Unprecedented times can come from a changing relationship with other people. It can come with a change in personal finance. Unprecedented time comes during spiritual warfare. And certainly unprecedented times come from the circumstances of life just everyday life. For example, consider some of these headlines from the past few weeks. Time magazine says, tornadoes, damaging winds, and unprecedented flooding hit parts of the central U.S. Last week on the news, I heard where a levee in Arkansas broke 
And the Arkansas River became the Arkansas Lake, engulfing many homes and towns. And then there was another headline that says, President Trump readies up to $20 billion more in aid to rescue farmers from trade war. That actually turned out to be $16 billion, if I remember right. And as all of you know, the last 12 months has indeed been unprecedented, not just around the country, but also right here. Commodity prices are really low. Tariffs abound. And the weather that we have been experiencing has never happened like this in many people's lifetime. Diane and I and Rachel live down in Freeman, and some of the farmers down there have said, we have never seen this before, ever. So this is an unprecedented time. And because of this unprecedented time, the damage that we are witnessing will take a long time to fix. The Brookings Register wrote on May 21st, South Dakota is facing recovery costs that could reach into the tens of millions of dollars as a result of back-to-back -back winter and spring storms and the flooding they caused most of it east of the Missouri River. Local officials worry they may not be able to get things fixed quickly or at all. And this unprecedented time affects many other businesses and not just our farmers. Seed companies can't sell their seed if the farmers can't plant. Gas companies can't sell gas because the tractors aren't moving. And the list of other companies and other people that are affected by this weather goes on and on and on. And so it is very tempting for us to ask, where is God? But I want us to realize that unprecedented circumstances have occurred before. Listen as I read to you from the Old Testament book of Joel, chapter 1. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. What the cutting locust left the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn the ministers of the Lord. The fields are destroyed. The ground mourns because the grain is destroyed. The wine dries up. The oil languishes. Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil. Wail, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley because the harvest of the field has perished. 
The vine dries up, the fig tree languishes, pomegranate, palm, and apple. All the trees of the field are dried up, and gladness dries up from the children of man. Now, granted, the people of Israel did not experience the kind of flooding like we are. But my point is this. They went through an unprecedented, tough time in life, just like many of us are experiencing today. A tough time that they had never experienced before, just like many of us are experiencing today. So what are we to do? How do we get through these unprecedented circumstances? or these changing relationships, or these fluctuating finances, or the spiritual warfare that we may face day after day. Well, I think the Word of God says that there are four steps that we can take. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. And just so you know, there's going to be uh, four different scriptures that we're going to be looking at today, so you can get yourselves limbered up and prepared for that. Philippians chapter 4, let's look at verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the first step that we should take to help us to get through the, the trials of this day is to not worry but pray for God's peace. Worry is a natural reaction for all of us. Yet it causes all kinds of physical, emotional, and relational problems. And to make matters worse, as Linus says to Charlie Brown, worrying won't stop the bad stuff from happening. It just stops us from enjoying the good. So worry does not even change the circumstances that we are in. What worry does do, though, is make a person tense. It can cause stomach aches, headaches, loss of appetite, and loss of sleep. It can cause a person to develop harmful habits, such as overeating, or smoking, or drinking, taking drugs. Worry also affects our relationships. Worry causes a loss of patience with other people. It makes a person quicker to anger and to be critical of others. It makes a person more likely to strike out physically and verbally. So instead of worry, God says, pray about everything. But here's a question. Doesn't God know what we are going through? So why should we pray? 
I think it's because sharing our requests and sharing our concerns is good for our mental health. It's good to be able to talk to someone or to vent to someone, especially God. It's a way of letting out the steam that's building in our lives before everything just blows up. And notice how God says we should pray. He says we should pray by giving our requests with thanksgiving. And why should we be thankful for the unprecedented circumstances we're in? I believe it's because God wants to use these situations to teach us something different about himself and to help us to become more like Jesus. If we pray with thanksgiving, what will happen to us? Well, God promises in verse 7 that his peace which cannot be understood or explained, will come upon us. The circumstances may not change right away, but God's peace in the midst of the storm will calm us down so that we can make decisions in a thoughtful, godly manner. So as we're going through an unprecedented time right now, let's remember to pray and ask for God's peace to help us not worry. Because worry will only harm us physically and emotionally, and it may harm the ones we love and other innocent bystanders as well. Well, the second step that we can take during this unprecedented time is to believe. To believe that God helps those who are His. Let's take our Bibles and go to the left. And let's go to Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. This is a verse of scripture that is used so often and yet doesn't always seem to help us when it's given to us. But it is true. In the words of Dr. David Jeremiah, he says, we seldom understand our trials at the time. We wonder why God allows us to suffer. But as time passes, we learn to look back and we see how he worked for good and how every trial drove us closer to him. With every unprecedented circumstance, our relationship with God grows more intimate and our perseverance more steadfast. So we need to believe that God is able to turn every circumstance, every unprecedented circumstance we experience, we believe that he can turn it around 
for our long-range good. And notice, too, what this verse is not saying. God is not working in our lives through all of our unprecedented circumstances to make us happy. But rather, He is working in our lives to fulfill His purpose. And what is that purpose? Verse 29 says, to make us become conformed to the image of His Son. As Christians... We have a different perspective and a different mindset than those who do not trust in or follow Jesus. We trust in God, not in the securities that the world tries to offer to us. God never wavers, so we can know that He will always be with us. God says to His people, In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. And in Jeremiah 33, 3, God says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. So we need to pray for peace and not worry. And we need to believe that God will help us because he has our long-range goal in mind. The third step to take during this difficult time is to think back on God's graciousness to us in the past. Let's go to the Old Testament and let's turn to the book of Psalms. And let's turn to Psalm chapter 103. Psalm chapter 103. Bless you. This was our scripture reading this morning. Psalm 103. Let's look at just verses 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. What are the benefits that God has given to us? Verse 3 says, He forgives our sins and He heals us of sicknesses. Verse 4 says, He brought us salvation and He shows us loving kindness and compassion every day. Verse 5 says, he gives us good things and renews us like the powerful eagle. The point is this, in the challenge of this unprecedented time, we need to look back at all the blessings that he has given to us in the past. For example, for you farmers... Has God provided a harvest before? Or for the rest of us, do we have our health? Are you proud of your children? Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. 
This means since God has provided blessings to you in the past, he will continue to do so in the present, and he will do so in the future. You can bank on that. The challenge is, will we take time at the end of every day to consider how God has blessed us that day? I have made it a practice of mine every night when I go to bed at night to just take a few moments and think back on my day and to thank God for everything that happened in that day. And every time I do that, I can always find at least two or three things that God did for me that I can be thankful for. And so my challenge to all of you is, as you come to the end of today, when you get ready to go to bed tonight, would you just take about three minutes before you go to sleep, think through this day, everything you did, and decide, now where did God intervene? And I guarantee you, you will find at least one thing. God is active every single day of our lives. We just have to look for it. The fourth step that we can take is to accept that God is in control. Look at verse 19. Verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. This verse tells us that God's throne is exalted above the nations as it sits in heaven above. That means he is all-powerful and that he is in control of every life and every circumstance. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in Psalm chapter 113, verse 6, it says that God humbles himself to behold what is going on in heaven and in earth. Why does he do this? Because in Psalm 113, verse 7, it says to raise up the poor from the ground and the needy from the ash heap. In other words, God has the power to be in control and he wants to help us. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. God is in control. Let me close with a story about God's control. In the frigid waters around Greenland are countless icebergs, some little, some gigantic. If you'd observe them carefully, you'd notice that sometimes the small ice caps move in one direction 
while their massive counterparts flow in another. The explanation is simple. Surface winds drive the little ones, whereas the huge masses of ice are carried along by deep ocean currents. When we face unprecedented circumstances, it's helpful, it's helpful to see our lives as being subject to two forces, surface winds and ocean currents. The winds represent everything changeable, unpredictable, distressing, the unprecedented circumstances of life. But operating simultaneously with these gusts and gales is another force that's even more powerful. It is the sure movement of God's wise and sovereign purposes, the deep flow of his unchanging love. So when we are struggling with unprecedented circumstances of daily life, Right now, we need to stop worrying, and we need to pray for God's peace. Secondly, we need to believe God wants to help us through them. Thirdly, we need to remember God's gracious blessings to us in the past. They will continue today and in the future. And lastly, we need to accept that God is sovereign and he is in control of our lives. Let me close with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your unprecedented paths straight. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? This morning, if God has spoken to your heart, I would like you to take a moment of silent prayer to speak to him. And as you're thinking about what God might have said to you today, let me ask you four questions. Number one, do you need to pray more and worry less? Number two, do you need to believe more that God wants to help you? Number three, do you need to stop and remember his past blessings? And number four, do you need to accept more often that God is in control? If you answered yes to any or all of these questions, then I want to challenge you right now to just go to the Lord in prayer, silent prayer, and just say, Lord, I need help with this one, or maybe I need help with all four of these, whatever it may be. But spend some time with God right now, if you would please, in the silence of your, of your seat. And in a moment, I will close. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web 
by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.